Amen. Amen. Well, we uh, we've been studying the, the Christian relationship to government and the state, <coughs> and uh, uh, where are we now? We <laughs> we kind of got got off on this uh, subject of marriage last week. But uh, point number four here, really, we're talking about the Christian and political action. Uh, there, uh, I've got kind of four <laughs> positions here, and then, then really kind of want to talk about one particular issue for a Christian. And that's uh, Christian in relationship to war. There is a non-activist position. <coughs> based on the rejection of the Christian's responsibility for the kingdom of this world. It's kind of basically we're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, right? This world is none of our responsibility, the kingdom of this world. And uh, uh, that leads to uh, something like the pacifism of the ag Amish, you know, they don't even mm-hmm. they don't run to political office. Right. They wouldn't have any part. They don't. I don't think they vote even. I don't believe so. No. <clears throat> and certainly they they don't uh, go to war. <clears throat> and there are modifications of that uh, uh, of that kind of particularly that pacifistic view. Of, like the Mennonites, they will they're willing to serve like an emetic as a medic, right. but they're not going to carry arms to kill. <clears throat> but the church generally, the, the, uh, the now in the first to second centuries, uh, there was not a, there was kind of a, some ambiguity about uh, war. There were some uh, early church fathers that said no, no Christian can can go to war, can be a part of the army. But that uh, changed to. By the time of the fifth century, and of Augustine, who developed <coughs> the doctrine that the Christian certainly could participate in war as a citizen of the government, as a citizen, <coughs> and, and this assumes you know we have a, a dual citizen. You got a responsibility for both. Christians should be active, active in partisan politics. Uh, promote the election of officials, uh, and um, and of course uh, can go into the military, be a part of the army. Now, recently there was a book written called The Benedict Option uh, by Ben Rod Dreyer, uh, and. Uh, he, he talks about something called the Benedict Doctrine. You know, um, uh, St. Benedict started a monastic order and uh, with a whole set of rules about how, uh, and of course the monks kind of withdraw from the world and live their own life separate from the world. And he's saying, you know, that uh, particularly in our culture, which is becoming more and more pagan, obviously, Right, that's yeah. pretty clear, isn't it? Pretty, yeah. That that really, uh, we go, uh, 
Christians are going to kind of need to separate themselves to have their own culture, their own schools, uh, and uh, their own way of life. Uh, not necessarily starting a monastery, but kind of gathering together in groups. It's an interesting thing he talks about. Uh, can you, uh, particularly for families with you know your children growing up in this age, uh, with, with all the social media they have, how do you how do you raise children that have any like like any Christian sense? Of what it means to the worst live a Christian life. Worst thing that's happened to this you know, this world is the social media. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> horrible. Because uh, every, everywhere around them, their influence yeah. uh, is uh, is pagan. Um, if you were, of course, you guys were all past. You know, your whatever your children you had are all grown now, aren't they? But if you were, if you were, say, 21 years old, getting married, you know, how, how would you raise your children to have any sense of, of what it really means to live a Christian life with all of the other influences about them? Uh, how would you handle that? Homeschool. 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 Home would you let? Would you give them iPhones? Would you let oh, yeah. the kids oh, get an iPhone? Um, not at age seven. <laughs> what about? Well, at age twelve or thirteen. My my youngest my youngest grandchild. What about, is what about watching Netflix? Yeah. Would you have Netflix on your TV? Yeah. That's a, most everything on Netflix, of course, is really anti-Christian. Yeah, yeah. Well, movies, even, even Disney present. Yeah, and even Disney, Disney, Disney is yeah. worse because it's insane. Yeah. You know, Disney, yeah. you know, made a big hullabaloo. Oh. 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 Florida passed a law. You know, we don't want the schools don't need to be teaching five-year-olds about uh, yeah. whether well, you can be a boy or a girl of your choice. You know, and Disney jumped up and said, "You know, that's terrible." Yeah. <laughs> uh, <coughs> well, <coughs> uh, Dreyer said churches have been hollowed out from the inside by the departure of young people who, who've been so influenced and uh, inspired by uh, an insipid pseudo Christianity. That sounds like. Uh, uh, well, one of the seven churches of Asia, mm -hmm. insipid, lukewarm yep. Christianity, right? Uh, <clears throat> on the outside, beset by challenges to religious liberty, uh, and uh, in places like, even like in Europe and in Canada, you know, you uh, you can be charged with hate speech for taking biblical positions. On, on sexuality, and uh, and then you know he says you can elect certain politicians and maybe keep certain politicians out of the White House, or you can 
you know, maybe get a certain Supreme Court judges, maybe a brief reprieve. But the, the West, he, he's got a paints a pretty dark picture. He's sliding into decadence and dissolution. Uh, you see it every day. And he argues that the way forward is, the, is actually a way back, a way back to St. Benedict. Who built these communities based on principles of order, hospitality, stability, and prayer? They say that every every great culture or nation has been destroyed from within, yeah, from without. Yeah. This uh, <clears throat> you can look up the rule of Saint Benedict. It's worth looking at, uh, and whether uh, what it would be like. To, to kind of gather a, a number of Christians together who would agree to kind of follow these or something similar, you know, to raise your family this way and to live this way. <coughs> but uh, so start with subdivisions. <laughs> start with what? Subdivisions. Go into a neighborhood and then the whole neighborhood will be Christian. <laughs> I don't think the government will allow you to separate from the government. Yeah. We see, see from, I mean, it might come to that one of these days. It's going to have to. Yeah. Again, we're going to have another war. I have a quick question. The, if uh, <clears throat> in the empires that have fallen, did the people that caused it to fall from within, did they realize their mistake a couple years later? Or did they think, oh, this is a new, new world we're making, you know, a new government we're creating? Because I see people now that are trying to take us down, whether it's intentional or not. But I'm wondering what if they're if we're going to fall and then they're going to realize how big a mistake they made. <laughs> I don't know. Well, no. And they... Well, if you go back to Roman Empire, they, they didn't have the communication that we have now to be aware of such things. Right now, we can blast it around the world on the internet and TV and everything. That's a whole different world, that's true. Such a different world. That's where we've probably gotten into this mess because we have this massive communication. Yeah. I, I would venture to say that in situations where nations have fallen from within that those who have instigated or, or caused the fall would probably say to you that the reason it fell was because they didn't go far enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fast enough. And fall fast enough. Yeah. That it wasn't it wasn't their doing. It was the resistance to the change. It was the you know, I, I don't think Certainly, the Third Reich would probably think that. Sure. Of course, these things happen over a period of years anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and by the time those who have really promoted most of the uh, deterioration from within, you know, they probably don't live to see the final result. Right, right. Uh, you can. Uh, it's kind of like you can, you can let loose a bunch of. Uh, uh, termites inside a house, right? 
but by the time the, the house falls down, uh, you're probably going to be dead. I mean, the termites are not going to eat it up within a, within five or ten years. It may take 60 or 70 or 80 years to, to eat it up. You know. <laughs> They didn't fall down, they just kind of disappeared. We used to say the only thing that kept the houses up was the termites holding the hands. Now, but going back to uh, 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 the Bible, you know, Romans 13, uh, which indicates, you know, that that uh, executing vengeance upon evildoers is is God's will, but it's not God's will for the individual right. to take that on himself. Event, uh, you know, for me to decide, you know, when you've committed a crime, it's up to me to uh, uh, take you into to arrest you and to judge you and then to execute you. That's up to a legit, uh, uh, the, the government, the state has been ordained by God to bear the sword, right? Punish the evildoer. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> but then we, I thought we might study this question a little further. You know, how, what role does the Christian play in participating in uh, wielding that sword about going to war. And for most of the Christian history, you know, the main stream uh, churches, the Catholic Church, and of course later the Lutheran churches, the Presbyterian churches, and and even the church, you know, the Christian church, the Baptist, Baptist church, have, uh, have uh, uh, been in this tradition. Not but then you do have the Amish, the Mennonites, and uh, there was a branch of the Churches of Christ uh, that was uh, like the Mennonites. I, uh, uh, when I was uh, out of high school, I enrolled in this little Church of Christ Bible College up in Kentucky, and I had just turned 18, and after I got on campus, I had to register for the draft. <coughs> and uh, I... Uh, the, uh, regist uh, the registrar, uh, I guess, was uh, helping me. I'm not uh, had the papers, and he said if I was talking with him about the registration. He said, "Of course, you'll you'll register. You'll want to register as a, a non-combatant." And I said, uh, "I didn't even know what that was." <laughs> and there's a particular classification you can choose as a non-combatant uh, if you wanted to. Uh, and uh, that particular group of Churches of Christ uh, were, were, uh, were like the Mennonites. They would believe that you could go to war but only serve as a medic. You would never take a gun and kill somebody else, uh, and even in battle. Uh, what about that? Where do you come out on that? Have you ever thought about that? 
literature or offer a, a Bible class. Uh, back when I was a campus minister, we had a, a an office and a, a meeting place uh, uh, right on the, close to the campus, right across from the residence hall there at Eastern Illinois University. And one day I was in my office and a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses came and uh, wanted to talk to me. And, and most of the time, you know, I would just say, well, I know I'm not interested. Thank you very much, you know, and send them on their way. Uh, but I don't know, maybe I didn't have much to do that day. <laughs> I asked them to come in. I asked them to come in. I sat down. And um, um, they, uh, they wanted to offer me a Bible class. And I... Um, and here, here I am. I, I, I'm a teacher in a seminary. <laughs> uh, and of course, my way of thinking, I mean, what are you going to teach me about the Bible, right? And I thought, well, that's kind of an arrogant position. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, I agree. Well, uh, they, they went, they, they found, they brought in a teacher. This man was... Uh, he was well educated. He knew Greek. He, he could read the Bible in Greek. Uh, so I met with him a few sessions. And one day he asked me this question. He put it, he put it this way. He kind of backed me into a corner. 
<laughs> he says, now, uh, how, how did Jesus, what did Jesus say, how do people know that you're one of his disciples? Well, you know, there's a verse in John, and you'll know my disciples by the love you have for one another. Well, is it a loving thing to kill your neighbor? Well, that's hard to say. Well, yeah, that's you can. That's a way to you. That's a way you love people by <laughs> killing them. Yeah. And then he said, "Well, you know, in in the war, Lutheran Americans killed German Lutherans, and uh, Presbyterian Americans killed uh, Presbyterians in other other countries too." Catholic Christians kill Catholic in a, one country, kill Catholics in another country. You're giving so, them eternal life. So which? <laughs> uh, but Jehovah's Witnesses in, in, in this country or in any country have never killed one another. So which are Jesus' disciples then? So that was his argument. Yeah. So I didn't really have much to say. Uh, it was hard to, you know, to reply to that. First president of Malawi put them, the first president of Malawi put them in jail. Rounded up over Well, the JWs were put in jail in World War One because it was illegal. Uh, the government. They, and now that changed between the first. First and Second World War, but they were considered to be uh, subversive because they wouldn't uh, go to war. Uh, well, is there such a, a thing as a good war? Is there such a thing as it as it being good to go to war, which means? basically killing other people, right? A, a just war, a righteous war, a good war. Uh, and what uh, has been developed by Christians through the years is something called a, 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 an understanding of how war is not uh, only permissible, but is actually good is actually just. Uh, and <clears throat> what is a just war? What are the criteria for a just war? Well, there, there are two basic things. One is that there, there has to be a just reason. There has you have you can't go to war to promote evil. You have to have a reason, which has to be a, a justice to bring justice into the world. And then another criterion is that the way you ju or wage the war has to be right. Uh, 
righteous. And, and nations do have, you know, for example, there's a rule about targeting civilians. You're not su supposed to specifically target non-combatants. The, the way you judge wage, uh, wage war has to be done in a righteous manner. Uh, but uh, the just war tradition says, you know, that uh, uh, God says that it's the purpose of the government to exercise, uh, 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 to use the sword to punish the evildoer, that that indeed is God's will. And if that's God's will, then it's perfectly permissible for the Christian to participate in that as God's will. There's not, uh, there's not very much in the New Testament specifically about this, there, uh, about whether you, uh, it's okay for uh, a Christian to be a part of Caesar's army. That's not really ever discussed, is it, in the New Testament? The only, the only thing is that comes to mind is, you remember uh, 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 when John the Baptist was preaching, um, and uh, is, it in, is it in Luke or in Matthew where there was a question about the soldiers, what should they do as far as repentance is concerned? In, uh, in, in Luke, uh, the, um, the soldiers asked John the Baptist, uh, what should we do? And did he tell them, well, you need to get out of the army. Don't, don't ever go to war. Don't ever participate in, you know, basically, <laughs> you're... As a, you can't be a soldier, you can't act like a soldier, you can't participate in warfare. If you're going to repent, what did John the Baptist say? Don't extort money. <laughs> Don't use your position because you carry a, a sword. To, and don't accuse people falsely and be content with your pay. <laughs> That's, that's all he had to say to a soldier as far as repentance. I think, though, that once, <clears throat> once the decision is made to go to war, pretty much all bets are off. Pretty much what? Pretty much all bets are off. The objective then becomes to win the war. Well, whether you do it, in other words, whether you use righteous means or not, yeah, I think that becomes the righteous end, is to win the war. Or, well, uh, search for WMDs. <laughs> Bring it back to, uh, and by the way, this, this second article I saw the uh, this last one, uh, talks about, uh, this was, this was, uh, no, I'm fine. A, uh, a Catholic, R. R. Reno, who's a Catholic editor of First Things, and uh, uh, he's talking about some inconsistencies in the in Pope, uh, the Pope's position on capital punishment and war. Uh, 
if you go back and, and you see that the government bears the sword to punish evil doers, now that, that includes, we've been talking about warfare against nations, right? Where a nation has to be punished for its evil doing, for its aggression. But um, there's, uh, there's also police action, where the policeman carries a gun and uses the gun, right? And, uh, he, and, and, and Reno makes the point in this article that the policeman can actively pursue, for example, if there's a, if, if there's a shooter in a, in a mall who starts, you know, killing people, what's the policeman supposed to do? He's supposed to take his gun and, if, and use his gun to take out that shooter, right? That's his responsibility. Um, and so he says uh, that uh, you, in the same way the government has a responsibility to wage war if a nation is using its the guns it has to kill others or to invade a nation where it's, it has no right to do so. And you, to be consistent, you have to allow also for capital punishment. Not just when the, when the uh, let's say you, uh, you can arrest this shooter, you can take him out without killing him. Then, should you, if he's if he's killed several people, should should he be executed? And uh, the there's some people who say that it's actually wrong uh, for the government to execute people. The capital punishment is not right, but. Uh, What's, what would you say about that? How do you argue against, uh, argue for capital punishment? Or you, this person is no longer a threat to you, right? If he's a threat, obviously you've got to use force to stop him. That it's right to do so. But he's no longer a threat. How do you justify killing him? It's, it's like a you know, here's a here's a, a soldier. If you take it over to warfare, he's using his gun to shoot you, right? And you're trying to kill him. But once he surrenders, then you know the, the rules of, of warfare and even of just war is that you're not allowed. You're not supposed to kill prisoners of war. That's true. You're supposed to 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 treat them humanely. So here's a here's a criminal who's committed murder, but you've arrested him. He's no longer a threat. How do you justify putting him to death? It's all it's all based on what you consider a threat. What? It's all based on what you consider a threat. 
Well, he's no longer a man you can put him in a prison cell. He's no longer a threat to society. But, no, he is still a threat. You could say that he is still a threat to society because of the fact that he's done these things and the example that he said is you can do these things to society and all society's going to do is going to put you away. It's not going to and give you a pretty good life while you're away. And that could be some people would consider that a threat. Some people would say that there has to be a punishment associated with bad acts in order to provide deterrence from other people, from other people doing those same bad acts. So that's the perceived threat. Just like in in the Old Testament, you know, they had they had things that were that were cause for, for stoning and cause for killing. And, and those things were not based upon a threat to an individual. Those things were based upon the threat to society. That, that if you did not punish those things, then there would be a breakdown in society. And we have seen a breakdown in society based on some of those things that have, that have happened. So it becomes a question of what, what do you consider a threat? Well, uh, it seems to me, Sal, that the justification for capital punishment in the Old Testament is not that that you're trying to that you that you're trying to protect people by executing the criminal, but that you execute the criminal as retribution, as punishment. That's the appropriate punishment, which is what provides deterrence. But that's not the that's not the reason though. The well, reason you you execute them is to punish them. The it, reason is yes, not the purpose to of punishment. What is the it purpose may, of it may what is the purpose of punishment? What? What is the purpose of punishment? Just like to, with a family, the purpose it, of punishment to, is deterrence. That's deterrence. You don't bring some justice into the world. Okay, that's justice. Okay, but but how does how does executing someone for adultery bring justice to the world? It's not about that's not in that particular case. It's not about justice. It's about deterrence, uh, and it's about and it's about rebellion. Okay, but this person has rebelled against the Bible. The Bible doesn't say you d that you do it in order to deter. No, no. Now you may say you yeah, do it to deter, but that's right. not what the Bible says. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I I don't disagree with that, but it doesn't really it doesn't really tell us why. Right. Oh. It just says that this is the punishment for it. God, because God doesn't have to justify his thoughts. Right. You know what there are people today say. You know it's totally, it's, it's totally immoral to uh, to uh, to just execute to do it for vengeance, for punishment, for retribution. That's considered to be evil in itself. But I think the main purpose. Of, of, uh, of what we do with criminals is for uh, to punish them. That's the main purpose to do some justice. In other words, you're going to commit this evil. There's the way you you correct evil or do some balance is by punishing the evil doer. 
Now that may deter other people. Right. I think but that's I think, not the primary reason. Exactly right. I think I think it's a deterrence that deters others from doing the same type of thing that this guy did. I, I, if, there, if that never happens, people, other people will do the same thing. Yeah? Well, you know, if, if, if you're a mug and some guy attacks you and, and mug, maybe he beats you up and takes your money, you want him punished, don't you? And you're, and you, and if, and if, if this guy gets off uh, somehow or other, you know, they. Uh, he goes to trial and through some technicality he's not uh, doesn't go to jail doesn't even pay a fine you feel like justice hasn't been done correct if you if you're honest with yourself your main concern is well that's now you may say well that's just going to encourage other people to do it but you're going to feel like you know this guy deserved he deserved to go to jail, he deserves some leaves of punishment, and you're disappointed, aren't you, that That's he true. didn't get punished? Yep. But you look at look at what's happening in the big sanctuary cities today. I mean, the crime rate is just going through the roof because there's no. They take them in, they arrest them, and then they release them. And then <laughs> if the government is not bearing the sword, then right. evildoers will flourish. Yeah. Right. So you call Denzel Washington? I agree, but I say, I guess I'm trying to say that's a side effect. That the main purpose but is I, just to do justice. I don't justice. think it is a side effect. I think it's a deterrence thing. I mean, if you don't take, if you don't, I agree that it's a deterrence. The criminal, then others will do the same thing. Although, but, but I think the deterrence, the deterrence is, it, it, it's coupled with what you're saying. The deterrence is that justice will be done. Okay, that's the deterrence. As opposed to if there is no justice, then there is no deterrence. Right. Okay, so the two are coupled together, I believe. That, that somebody who's somebody who's contemplating a crime, if they know that justice will be done, that becomes a deterrent. Right. And and what level of justice is becomes you know the secondary matter. I mean, you know, does this mean does this mean twenty five years in jail or does this mean the needle? Okay. And it well, teaches teenage boys not to mess with ball runners. Let's go back to my Jehovah's Witness question. <laughs> now, how do you how do you answer that? Is it appropriate for you know we we, we agree even Jehovah's Witness would agree that the policeman should arrest people and if the and if the and if the policeman has a gun and if this uh, and, ne and if it's necessary he should shoot this uh, this guy who's out killing people and he agrees that he should be arrested he might even agree in capital punishment and it, but he doesn't agree that the Christians should be doing that that the and particularly going to war and I don't know that Jehovah's Witnesses even would agree that they should be a, a policeman and carry a gun right same thing should a Christian carry is it okay to be a policeman, carry a gun, and to use that gun if necessary? 
Is it okay to be a judge and sentence someone to death? Is it okay for a Christian to, to pull the switch in the, on the electric chair? Is it okay to join the army? Go to war? All, all of scripture tells us that God has established a society. He's established people, a nation, and that nation has rules. And the rules are enforced. So so that that has always been there. And the New Testament tells us that we're to obey the authorities of, of the, that culture. And if the law of that culture is that you know everyone has an equal responsibility to defend the nation, then that's the law, and we're supposed to obey the law. So it, I mean, that becomes that becomes difficult. I mean, you know, to what to what level? You know what? You know what do you do? What do you do when you're the guy on the Enola Gay? And and it's your job to, to drop it. I mean that that goes against what we did there goes against pretty much everything everything we've we've said in terms of in terms of fair law and you say that was according to the just rules of just war which Christians have accepted through the ages right would you say that 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 act was that part of a just war there is no such thing as a just war. That's why I said once you once you declare war, the objective is to win the war. Otherwise, you may not you may as well not declare war, because the justification for that, the justification for dropping, even though it it was blatantly targeted against civilians and everything else, the justification was life saved. The justification for that was the life saved. That, that there would have been hundreds of thousands of American lives spent trying to right. end that war. And this was the way, to, this was the most efficient way to end the war with the least amount of American life lost. Well, what, what does that scale? I mean, how do, you know, how do you balance that, you know? It was a decision that had to be made and, you know, it was, it was, actually, it was actually a relatively popular decision when it was made because of the boys who were out there, right? Who got to come home. But shortly afterwards, it was looked down upon by, by most people as, as a, not a good thing that was, that was done. But it became a good deterrent. <laughs> well, uh, it showed the rest of the world. Yeah, dropping the two bombs. Right. I mean, that was, that's a huge... Uh, in, in this article here, First thing. What about Jehovah Witnesses witnessing the people and damning them to eternal damnation because they don't believe in Christ? That's that's a crime. <coughs> well, that's that's a crime committed by God, right? God, God is the one who God condemns them. Uh, they don't say they condemn them; they say God condemns them. Oh, right. So, is God committing a crime by? Condemning people to hell? No, they condemn themselves. They well, on this essay on the just war tradition, I'd encourage you to read that. Think about it. Calvin looks at the soldier as an agent of God's love. That's what that's what Haywood has said to the Jehovah's Witness. Yes, when I go to war and kill that enemy in war, 
I'm acting as an agent of God's love. That's a part of God's love. As he argues, Paul meant to refer the precept of respecting power of magistrates to the law of love. That's part of God's love for the world that he has put governments in place to maintain peace. And how do you maintain peace? You have to do it by force. Violence sometimes, don't you? That's part, of, that's part of God's love for his creation. So you're acting as an agent of God's love if you're participating in it. Take, take the soldier, or, or, not take, or take the policeman, or I'll give you, I just read an article, by the way, on uh, it was actually kind of reviewing this trial by this uh, sheriff's deputy over at Parkland. You remember who oh, yeah. stood Right, around, didn't do then didn't it, was, it was lack of and, action. And they're really, they're really talking about uh, what is the uh, is the policeman's obligation and how difficult it is to face an active shooter and how you can do that effectively and uh, what whether policemen are getting the training they need and, and pointed out that most policemen really aren't trained to do that and to do it especially small town. Right. Small town. Yeah. yeah. Or even in you know, the larger city, or like over in Miami, that, where they, they pointed out how inadequate the training had been for these sheriff's deputies uh, in this article. Uh, but uh, the article talked about this guy in Texas. You remember where there was a shooting in a church in Texas a few years ago? And there was a, uh, wasn't a policeman, but a neighbor who oh, heard yeah. the shots. Yeah. And he, he, he went and got his uh, gun and ran out. He lived close to the church, and he ran over towards the church and started yelling, hey, hey. And the, and the guy heard him and actually came out to meet him. And uh, they exchanged fire, and he finally took him down. And uh, it was, uh, the article talks about how they, after they police, they said it was amazing the way he handled this. But then he describes the fact that he had had all kinds of practice. He belonged to a gun club. And how they had practiced various scenarios. I mean, it's written. It's not an easy thing to do to maintain the, you know, keep your adrenaline down because once, once that starts, you know, you know, you don't think rationally and you, you're, you're, it's hard to control your muscles, to keep your mind calm and to make decisions that are smart. Uh, it's really an interesting article, but anyway. The, the, uh, this guy took his gun and went out and confronted this shooter who was killing people in the church and he finally took him down. Now, was that an act of love or not? Yeah, sure. It would be like if, if a man is coming into your house and attacking you and your children and your wife and, and threatening them or maybe has killed one of them and you kill him, is that an act of love? Is that a loving thing to do? 
Yeah, see yeah. the rest of your family. Yeah. You, you don't do that because you hate. It's not a matter of hating this man. It's a matter of loving those who are being unjust, right. whose lives right. are being taken. Right. And, and if you love your family, you wouldn't stand by and say, well, you know, uh, I love everybody, so I'm sure I just can't stop you from killing my wife. Let's talk about my children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some would have you think, that's the reason we need to have gun control, because that guy shouldn't have shot that guy that's coming in his house. They could have talked about it. It's like, really? <laughs> well, really? <laughs> if, if, a, if a war is just, now, uh, I don't know, you know so there sometimes can be a debate about you know, the, a just war, but if it is right, is it right sometimes to go to war? Is it right for a country to defend itself against an aggressor? Japan, you know, bombed our Pearl Harbor. We declared war on Japan. Was that right? Or should we have said, well, we can't go to war with Japan because of Well, we, we were at war with Japan. When they, they declared war, when they attacked. Right. Okay, so it wasn't, it wasn't us going well, to war. But should we have resisted evil? Well, it's just like you said, the Israelis should have turned their back and walked away, right? When they killed all those people. Now, the way, the way we conducted that, there's a real question. This is about, say, bomb, they, bombing Hiroshima and Nagasaki. On the other hand, they say that, that probably the only way to get Japan to surrender was something like that. Right. Because if we had had to invade, there would have been many, many more hundreds of thousands killed. Oh, absolutely. And they, both and, Japanese and Americans. And they studied it, and the, the consensus was that the Japanese would not have surrendered. No, they, 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 they wouldn't have. They would have fought. They, 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 they would never have nope. surrendered the nope. mainland. They, were they, were on, on they knew there would probably be an invasion. Oh, yeah. And they were yeah. planning on that resistance to the last. Yep. Tough questions, it, but there's but, an old saying the that says the only, is, you know, the only when reason you're saying go that to there's war, no such thing as a just war. Uh, well, the problem is, the problem is, then the Christian really shouldn't. I think in most cases there's no justification for starting a war, but once the war has begun. Just, there's just a just response. There's a just response. Responding. The, the old saying is, wars are started because you have something I want and God told me I could take it. <laughs> That's how wars start. You know, one country says, you got something I want, and God told me I can take it. You're not going to give it to me, so. Yeah, and that's how they start, you know, and then, and then somebody has to respond, okay? And unfortunately, that's the case, and it's not always our God who said that, but, you know, in many, like in the case of Japan, you know, they, they have this, and, and even, you know, we've been guilty of that. We, you know, we come up with this whole manifest destiny thing, that says that God says we should stretch from coast to coast and therefore we're going to push anybody out of the way who's, who's in the way and, and literally we put people in on reservations and camps. I mean, that's, that's terrible. It's something, something terrible to do. 
but we did it based upon the fact that we convinced ourselves God said it was okay. We took them out of their home and sent them over into Oklahoma and in the process killed thousands of them. Our country is not pure. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Solomon tells us that war is part of the life cycle. There's a time for war, there's a time for peace. It's part of life. You said that Solomon said that? Yeah, time for war, time for peace. It's part of the life cycle. Getting the well, and that was and that was the whole problem when when the the Jews wouldn't, you know, the what was it, the the twelve spies came back and said we can't take this land. Right. Okay. And God said, no, you can take this land. And you know, they didn't they didn't file a you know a, a, a lawsuit to take that land. You know, they had to they had to fight for. They were, you know, according to the, in the scripture, they were told that not only, not only uh, attack the army and to kill soldiers, but to wipe out the population. Yeah, many right. times. And women and children. Yes. And, and even, and on a couple occasions, cattle, everything. Right. Yeah. Wipe it clean. So, but also, you look at the other side with Cain and Abel. God protected Cain after he killed Abel. Yeah, there's a justice in that. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a whole other pickle. Not <laughs> <laughs> well, because God has a purpose we're unaware of. <laughs> you remind me of Jack Raymond. <laughs> 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 Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Raising these difficult questions. <laughs> Well, um, these are, I guess each of us has to make our own decision. You know, particularly back during the Vietnam War, that was the uh, time where there was a lot of debate about whether we should be in Vietnam. Was it right? For us to be sending soldiers to Vietnam, and there, and there were many Christians, and I had, had lots of doubts about that. Did we really have a right to be there and, and do what we were doing? Uh, I think, the, I think the media that was a, that was a stain on our country as far as I'm concerned. With the, the media did and the way they mistreated the soldiers coming back and everything else. They held, they, held, they held the soldiers accountable for right. decisions that all go to the politicians. Right. Yeah, that was, that's that was, true. That was the tragedy. Yeah, you know, very much so. Yeah. Why, don't, why don't you go in and treat the people in Washington who made this, who sent them over there, you know, the way you're treating these, these poor guys right. coming back. Yeah. yeah, you have to hold the uh, politicians responsible, not the individual soldier. LBJ died of with $100 million in the bank. Yeah, he had Bell helicopter style. And stuff. That's one reason he kept LBJ the war going. LBJ? Yeah. He died with $100 million in the bank? Yeah.
I'm going to go to the LBJ Bank. Make a withdrawal. Well, I'm going to be there, and we're going to shut it out here. We're going there. We're going to go see it. Actually, it's part of our little tour. Oh, is Lady Bird still there? He's cool. But we are going to go there. No, that's not our highlight of the tour. Our highlight of the Texas is going to see the eclipse. Yeah, I'm suggesting. Yeah. April. Yeah. April. Yeah. Come right up through Texas and yeah. go to the up northeast. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering about all the people coming over the border. I'm worried about that, though. Oh, no. They'll come all over the eclipse. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't you know the path of the eclipse. You don't have to. You have to get it when it comes across the Go to North Texas. We see a Central Texas. There you go. Yeah. Well, near Austin, between Austin and San Antonio. We got a place Got your equipment glasses already? Oh, yeah. I got mine off the cereal box. I think we're going to have to adjourn this. You think so? I think we're straight far enough. <laughs> so we do that. Uh, yeah, announcements. <laughs>